Welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. I'm Carlos Pacheco. I'm Tom Martin. And we're here to talk to you about the behind the scenes of YouTube. How's it going, Tom? Like you're back after a week of uh, whirlwind week of travel. Yes, I am back from LA where I shot my uh, first course. This is going to be a bit of an exclusive. The name of the course is the Channel Fuel YouTube Accelerator. Whoa. Which sounds very cool. And it is very cool. <laughs> so yeah, filmed that with my uh, business partner, Chris, who's an absolute YouTube legend. And yeah, looking forward to it. Hope it's being edited as we speak. And hopefully that will be live uh, sometime next month. And you can uh, sign up for your interest to find out as soon as it is released at channelfuel.co slash course. Awesome. So I got a question, like how much time recording did it take? Um, so pretty much two working Two full working days. Oh, wow. So that was just like the intro and outro kind of links. And I'd done about seven or eight hours of screen recording and voiceover as well. Wow. And I still need to go back and re-record some voiceover. And we need to do some promotional videos as well. So we're not done yet. We've probably got another day's worth of work. And that doesn't include editing and promotion and emails and all that stuff. It's a real mechanical feet of effort to do something like this that's why i've partnered with chris because he's amazing at it and i am terrible at it so yeah then and chris for those of you that don't know him is uh, chris sharp he is a youtube genius production genius all-around genius he's the brains most of the brains not to detract from the rest of the brains of the team behind uh yoga with adrian who are the world's largest yoga channel he's a filmmaker Super nice guy, and he's really taking the brunt of hard work on this course. Yeah, great. I've had that experience once. I did a, a YouTube 101 syllabus for the Digital Marketing Institute that's based in Dublin. Oh, wow. A couple of years ago, creating that syllabus was brutal. <laughs> I was like, what the hell have I signed up for? And then going there and recording it for like six, I think it was like six hours, but it was brutal recording it six hours in front of a camera and just like spewing that stuff out and just like, oh, I was exhausted after that. Yeah. So two days, props to you. Yeah. Especially as I was jet lagged and on the night before the first day of the shoot, I woke up at 20 past one in the morning and couldn't get back to sleep. Oh man. So very tired and also extremely rusty. <laughs> uh, you forget how hard it is to stand and talk to a camera lens yes. and perform when you're not used to it. Yes. So hopefully my performance is worthy of all the hard works Chris is doing and, and the information inside the course, because the information in the course, I'm a hundred percent sure of, it's just hope my performance was, uh, up to par. And what about you, Carlos? What's, uh, what's the word on the streets of Toronto this week? Uh, the world's on the street of Toronto this week is snow. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's officially a trope. Every every episode. Yeah, I think officially weather. you're wasted. You need to be a weather a weatherman. Yeah, I think um, we're planning some uh, some trips in the next little while. We're actually going to social media camp in Victoria, BC, in a, in a month or so. Tara, who's my wife, she was like, "We need to start planning some sort of vacation." It's been a rough few months, so that's what we're trying to look at in the next little while. Let's get started with thanking our sponsor, TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is the ultimate optimization tool for YouTube channels and YouTube channel networks because it allows you to manage multiple YouTube channels and optimize them 
uh, according to each specific channel, obviously. I'm also very happy that TubeBuddy has been updated to the new YouTube studio. Every day, there seems to be a new button that pops up that, uh, oh, this feature was missing uh, on YouTube Studio. And as you know, YouTube Studio is being forced on us. I'm not necessarily 100% sold on it. There's parts of it that's great, but I'm happy to see that TubeBuddy's following suit with all the features that I love from the platform. Yeah, they're very much ahead of the curve when it comes to keeping ahead of updates like that. Can't recommend them highly enough. And also an exclusive discount just for listeners of the Video Insiders. And it's especially valuable if you're running more than one channel. Uh, And you can get that only by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Before we move on, talking about the Studio Beta, I know it's coming out of beta soon and it will be forced upon us, but I think this sums up my character perfectly by saying I'm avoiding it at all costs still, uh, apart from to look at, <laughs> apart from looking at click through rate. I'm just an old grizzly old man who just hates change and I'm so comfortable in analytics. It hasn't really changed for so many years that back end. It kind of changed when it turned into Create Studio, but it wasn't as seismic of a change as it as it is going into the new Create Studio. But if you're lucky enough, even though it won't last for long, there are actually uh certain channels that have the click-through rate data in the classic view of uh their cms and analytics which is just so nice i feel like we can have a full episode on the debate of the new studio versus the old because on one end like i love the video level metrics of seeing how your video is performing versus your channel in general like that level of metrics i love but I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was I was trying it out and it would destroy the RAM on my MacBook. The, the MacBook fan would go nuts and it would kept freezing and all that sort of stuff. And I still, you know, just for speed sake and, and knowing where to go and what to do, I still prefer the old studio. So, yeah, we can I, I can go for uh, quite a bit. But at the same time, they are rolling out some things. And I feel like, as usual with YouTube, they like to sort of make things like, oh, yeah, we're giving all this. Oh, by the way, we're hiding all these things now that, you know, yeah. were really powerful. But we thought they're a bit too powerful for you. That's how I feel whenever YouTube updates stuff. They tend to, like, put stuff behind doors. Like, remember, you were talking about the other episode about the keyword search tool, yeah. right? That was very powerful, and it's gone. I don't want to get into that, but let's just say that we're happy that TubeBuddy is keeping up with that and making our life simple. Yes, thank you, TubeBuddy. So speaking of YouTube <laughs> and making big changes, there's been some pretty heavy-handed action taken by YouTube since we last recorded. So today we're going to be talking about the, I don't even know what to call it. Is it a, is it the new adpocalypse? Is it the... Yeah, calling it the adpocalypse two or three or four. It's hard to keep track of these days. <laughs> I'm calling it the redux. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't know what you're talking about, I would highly recommend going to watch Daryl Eve's video that was just dropped this week where he talks for a good hour about like everything that is happening 
And one of the things that I commented on that video, and it's like, this is the first time that I've ever seen a video from Daryl Eves where he looks worried. He does not look like, it doesn't feel like there's a rosy future at this point. Why don't you go ahead and explain to everybody what's happening? Yeah, so we'll take a few steps back. It actually kicked off while I was in LA. And I think the big headline was Disney pulls advertisers as 400 channels are terminated due to kind of comment violations, shall we say? Yeah. yeah. The story in a nutshell is that there was a YouTuber who did a kind of expose video, kind of like H3H3, but more serious. And he found a kind of a subculture of what can only be described as predatory or pedophilic comments. I don't even know that's a word. Uh, comments on videos that contained footage of minors and they were time stamping and making extremely inappropriate comments about minors in the video, suggestive comments, abhorrent behavior. And it kind of kicked off a whole host of reactions from YouTube. So I'll kind of try and do it in a timeline that makes sense and also try and cover all of the kind of changes that have happened in in a broader sense and then we'll kind of break down those bit by bit so first of all they identified 400 commenters or their channels and they deleted those channels and their accounts straight away so just to clarify they were not deleting the channels where these comments sat if a family vlog channel had a vlog of a child playing at the beach and there were commenters that were making inappropriate comments it was the commenters channel that was removed from youtube not the original poster of the video which i think the headline kind of seemed to suggest at the time Mm -hmm. then what happened was that basically youtube kind of did a safe room panic room they hit the red button on the wall and basically turned off comments on tens of millions of videos something Something like like that. that yeah there's a ridiculous amount of articles there on this at this point, but yeah. We'll link to a whole host of articles where you can get the exact numbers. But basically, comments were turned on anywhere where YouTube felt that this behavior was happening or could potentially happen. The next thing that happened was that videos with these comments were then started to be demonetized. So the channel that hosted the video again the kind of innocent party uh inverted commas would have their videos demonetized due to the activity that was happening in their comments and to me that's maybe the most interesting part of this conversation i don't think we need to discuss the behavior in terms of the comments Mm -hmm. that's obviously deplorable criminal and unmentionable doesn't need to be discussed yeah what i think we do need to discuss are youtube's actions the kind of broader topic of whose responsibility is it in terms of comments and then also what you can do to protect your channel and your content in terms of not getting dinged because of the activity in your comments yeah at this point it feels like there's a lot of things to think about one of the biggest issues that hits creators is the fact that a lot of advertisers are talking or are pulling their a lot of big ones the big ones that get a lot of attention to disney's of their world right when disney pulls out of a platform everybody's paying attention to that but i want to i want to emphasize here like there are 
thousands, if not millions of advertisers on YouTube, right? And I read an article on Digiday, your average person that's buying ads on YouTube understands it's a risk, right? And they sort of look at this and they're like, yeah, it happens all the time. So it's tough to just stop advertising. The big ones say that because they get a lot of press and the media, uh, I hate, I hate, I hate I'm falling into this trap where like, you know, it's all about the media. No, but it's true, right? Like when you think about it, like who has lost all their advertising revenue over the last four to five years? It's the publishers, it's the news sites. And like now mm -hmm. they've found a scapegoat when it comes to, to social media. They've finally figured out that, oh, wait a minute, human people do bad things online. This is why we don't let people comment on our websites. And then, oh, uh, let's point this out. Everybody knows that the YouTube commenting system is a cesspool. Facebook is a cesspool. Like, you know, Reddit, my God, right? Nobody's talking about Reddit and Twitter, obviously. All these platforms suffer the same thing. They all have bad actors. And the platform's problem is that they've always sort of like not really done a good job of paying attention to that. And now it's biting them in the ass. Yeah. Pardon my French. I can't even imagine what's happening at YouTube right now. Like they must be like, it must be like in a Simpsons episode where they're in the Scorpio's lair and then the lair is like burning down and everybody's just running around and grabbing stuff. Right. And it's like, <laughs> oh, let's fix this. Let's fix this. Right. And it's, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. I feel like it's, it's bad and it feels bad, but at the same time, I feel like it'll pass. Right. Yeah. The thing that, that you got to understand is that brands and marketers need audiences and there's not any other place to grab the amount of audiences that YouTube has or the targeting that YouTube has. YouTube is incentivized to fix this as soon as possible. I feel like I'm ranting here, but like one thing that I also want to emphasize here is that... Get it off your chest. Get it off your chest, Carlos. This is a, this is a, a therapy session. No, it's it definitely a therapy session. It goes back to, to, to we spoke about a couple episodes back. It's like, this is the, the part where YouTube has to grow up, where all these platforms have mm. to grow up and and start really curating their content. Uh, as we speak, I saw an article about TikTok blocking kids being able to upload on the platform. And I'm thinking, why are they figuring this out now? Like underage kids uploading stuff online, big surprise, it's not brand safe. You know, like all these things that these platforms need to do to be brand safe is all the things that regular publishers have done for years to make sure they are brand safe. I'm going to stop right now because I feel like I'm just not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, that's, I think that's a fantastic point. And it's all about these platforms maturing. But I also think, again, to go back to that same episode, you had a fantastic point, which was, you get explosive growth by kind of ignoring the rules. You get this massive growth. And then by the time you get told to behave yourself, it doesn't matter because you've already grown to a certain size where you can now start to behave yourself and you've already got that massive audience. So I think there's two main issues here which we can break down. The first is the new adpocalypse. So we've seen Disney, Epic Games, who make Fortnite, they've pulled their advertising. I don't think Epic Games need any advertising right now, so they probably save them a bit of cash. And what's interesting for me is AT&T pulled their ads, uh, and I read in an article that they're actually one of the world's biggest advertisers, and they'd only been back on the platform <laughs> for one month before. They're like, no, 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 we were right the first time, let's go. So I don't know if they'll ever be back, but I think you're absolutely right. 2017 Adpocalypse saw some massive, massive dips to CPMs. 
but they recovered and I saw in quarter four of 2018, without a shadow of a doubt, some huge CPMs and some huge quarters for channels in various niches and people saying that they had their best quarter ever, even though you know their views weren't great. They'd had a really great quarter. So I think, again, this will recover. So I don't think we need to spend too much time in terms of talking about adpocalypse as an issue. Mm-hmm. But I think we really should dive a little bit deeper into comments apocalypse <laughs> you heard it here first people that's going to be ca- that's so catchy so i actually want to put my hands up here um i want to get uh, first i want to put my hands up and then i'm going to get up on my soapbox mm-hmm. so first of all i was warned about this we were at a meeting with a, a well-known agency and they warned us about this they warned our channel about this they said this is coming you will soon get demonetized because of your comments and we've got this software that can, <laughs> that can help you with that. And I'm like, absolute nonsense. There's no way you're going to get demonetized for your comments. You know, there's no way they're going to do that. It's it's not tied that closely to the video. Doesn't make sense. People know that YouTube comments are trash. Mm-hmm. But they were right. And I put my hands up. I was absolutely wrong. I should have heeded that warning in the video that Daryl Leaves put out. He said he knew about it a while ago. Mm-hmm. I wish he'd dropped me a text. I haven't felt the bad effects of it, but maybe I should have not have as been so big-headed and listened to that and maybe helped a few companies that I've worked with since then to put things into places to stop that. You know, I've worked with a lot of kids' content over the years, uh, and luckily I've not been witness to this kind of behavior but um yeah so that's lucky um but yeah i never thought i would see the day when people would start to get demonetized for their comments but it kind of makes sense i'm not saying i totally agree with it but you can see it from their point of view again it comes back to this recurring theme on this podcast of corporate behavior which is always we're going to have to cover our asses at some point today figuratively is the day that they now need to cover their bums their comments <laughs> behind yeah their butts and um you know it's a it's a well-known thing that you know youtube comments are just you know some of the worst place on the internet and this is just trying to light on the absolute darkest corners of those but i am gonna have to say something that a lot of people are gonna disagree with maybe not so much the industry people but definitely on the creator side and this is i'm taking off my youtube hat and I'm putting on my parents' hat. And I've got to say that I would probably never, you know, get my kids to be in YouTube videos, at least for like a regular thing to like base a channel on what they're doing. That's a whole nother soapbox rant. But what I would say is if I ever did have videos that had my own kids in them, I would be policing those comments like an absolute hawk. There's no way that I would let people leave any kind of comments of those kinds of videos with my kids in it. So I don't quite understand how it gets to that level where people are making those kinds of comments about your kids on your videos. Uh, And I know there's going to be problems with like scale and the amount of comments, Mm -hmm. but you're talking about your kids here. And I don't really care if I get the wrath of some family vloggers or whatnot, because I just believe that if you're putting your kids out into the public eye, you need to do absolutely everything you can to protect them, their identity, their welfare. You know, you need to tick all of those boxes. So um, (laughs) please start the flame wars. Come at me at Video Insiders at channel underscore fuel. 
let me know why I'm wrong. I fully agree. You worked on it at the BBC, right? You know that putting kids on yeah. screen is highly regulated. And there is a reason for that. And we're seeing that now, right? I was all for it a couple of years ago. I'm like, oh, this is great. And obviously, I didn't think of the consequences, uh, you know, And but now I'm seeing them and we're learning and we're realizing, oh, maybe, you know, putting our, our young children without their consent online to have their lives being filmed in situations, in regular situations, is not a good idea. It's not just a level of like the, the bad actors out there, but it's also like the consent of the kids. You know, we're reading more and more and we're getting in a generation now where kids are realizing, wait a minute, my picture's all over the internet. I'm just understanding what the internet is right now. I recently saw an article about that, about a kid who just realized that they don't have any social profiles of their own, but they're all over the internet because their parents decided to be, you know, all about sharing their their photos publicly, right? Not within family, but publicly. So yeah. that's a different yeah. discussion to have. But it also falls into that ecosystem of like, you know, family vloggers. And again, like this is where it could be a prediction that we can think about. Like, I think this, if it decimates one part of the industry, it might be family vloggers, right? Yeah. And I've, I've heard that there's been a decline in that sector mm-hmm. or vertical, shall we say, for for some time and I'd never really put it down to this issue but now it all starts to make sense and I I think you're right I think a lot of these channels are at a big risk Mm -hmm. of their livelihoods it doesn't mean they're going to be wiped out but YouTube have come out and said publicly that videos of that kind or videos similar to videos of that kind that contain minors they are going to reduce the discoverability of those videos and you know for them to publicly say that they're throttling the views on any kind of video vertical is absolutely unheard of i knew it happened i know that stuff like that goes on but for them to come out and admit is a pretty big step so that's a pretty uh, stark warning to anyone operating in that in that area unfortunately yeah this is one of those things where the people that create content that is how can i say this more adult or more when i say adult i mean more mature i'm i don't know how to say this without sounding like it's it's, it's a it's a very difficult subject to talk about Carla. so i think our audience can can forgive us no but i also feel like i also feel like you know this will help traditional producers more than it's going to help online creators it's because now youtube's going to be forced to really you know, give more light or more support to people that are doing this for a living and doing this professionally beyond just being YouTubers, right? You know, I'm talking about television production companies. I'm talking about movie production companies. It's going to age up this audience because online creators will be less incentivized to throw away content that doesn't do anything for them, that won't grow their YouTube channel. And then YouTube is going to say, well, we still need content because we need people to keep watching and stuff like that. So they're going to like find a way to, you know, encourage more content that's higher value. There's pluses and minuses here, right? On one end, I see this as a way to clean up the platform. And by cleaning up the platform, the funny part is that YouTube and all these platforms, they drag their feet in doing this, right? And what that does is from an advertiser perspective, the advertiser doesn't want to spend top line CPMs on these platforms, right? They want to spend very low CPMs. You buy ads on a regular website on the newyorktimes.com. It's not $5 per CPM. It's 
30, 40, 60, $100 CPMs. If YouTube starts cleaning things up, and but they keep the scale going, the CPMs are actually going to go higher for the people that are doing well, that are creating good content. And just, you know, because the brands will be like, oh, well, this is safe. And I'll spend more to be around safe content. And the trick now is to YouTube to find that balance and being able to make sure to ensure that these brands don't end up in front of this type of content. On another tangent, right? I love how all these publications are talking about how unsafe these social platforms are for brands, yet for years, we've seen ads on newspapers. In case you remember what a newspaper is, it's a piece of paper where you get the news. But on newspapers, on websites where a brand's logo would be next to horrible news and or horrible things that you know they wouldn't want to be associated with. And trust me, back in the day, I would get calls from my clients to say, like, what the hell am I doing next to this? Whatever tragedy that happened, like, why couldn't you get me a better placement? And it's like that is par for the course in this industry. Every platform, every website has to deal with this. And the fact that, you know, all the media that's reporting on this is being all like, you know, high and mighty against YouTube is to me is a little bit hypocritical. I think we're pretty obvious that we're pretty passionate about this space and and all the drama that's happened about it. And it's it just feels like a it's a big cluster F at this point. Yeah. So let's let's get down to the the kind of root of this this kind of problem. Well, the root of it is is bad actors, which I must say, I really hate that term because it just makes me think of people that are bad at acting. <laughs> but um, people that are poor, badly behaved people on the platform, they're the real root of the problem because mm-hmm. if they didn't do what they did, then no one would have to worry. But they do. So in that case, Carlos, who do you think is ultimately responsible for the comments on their video? Is it the platform or is it the creator whose channel and whose video is, you know, those comments belong to or belong next to fundamentally the way youtube has built the platform like they as usual do not want to handle anything right so they almost want you to think of your youtube channel as your website right so because youtube puts you in that situation you're the one who needs to be responsible for these comments right and this is the way youtube's going to approach it now right that's what they're going to try to do the last thing they want is to be responsible for comments. This is why many, many, many websites a couple of years ago started stripping out comments from, from the site because they were getting you know bad comments. I think it's the FCC in the States sort of like makes you responsible for those comments that you're hosting on your website. Don't quote me on who exactly is for enforcing that law, but like I remember that reading that, and that was the reason why you know sites like recode.net removed comments. They address an audience that's very tech savvy, sometimes a little bit passionate and can be aggressive online. And I think this was back in the day of like Gamergate, right? Gamergate uh, caused a lot of issues for a lot of websites. Anyways, to me, who should be is tough, but the way the landscape is set up right now, YouTube wants it, the creator to be responsible. That's for sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It doesn't matter who should be responsible or not. If YouTube say that you're responsible for it until they get in front of Congress and get told that they're responsible for it. If YouTube say you're responsible for it, you're responsible for it. And obviously they've taken a lot of heavy action to kind of just, you know, drop napalm on it Mm -hmm. in the short term, but that will slowly start to rise. And as that half-life seems to come to an end, then they'll, you know, I think it will be left on to creators to police their own channels. And to me, it makes perfect sense because 
I've come from an, a very corporate background, uh, especially at the BBC, who, you know, public service company and had a very, very strict compliance policy. So not only did every single video that we published had to be watched by a compliance officer to, you know, look out for a number of different potential pitfalls in terms of editorial policy but we had to as a company policy we had to have every single comment moderated and so that we didn't put things in a re- like a review queue but we had an agency at one point that manually monitored everything and then we had some software kind of connected to our youtube channels which uh, scanned an extra layer of kind of surveillance on our comments and basically hid anything that was even close to being contentious so i'm used to that level of safety and compliance in terms of protecting what happened in and around our content same with advertising we'd block quite aggressively categories of advertisers because we didn't want that associated with our content and you know you have to take some responsibility as a as an uploader especially if you're in a in the public eye like those uh, channels because whether it's your choice or not if there is something that's being displayed next to your video it's going to be reported on as yours or you being responsible for it or you allowing it there's comes a point where you have to stand up and take responsibility and be accountable for what is displayed on and around your videos mm-hmm yeah, I agree. So I mentioned that you know we had some kind of software running back at, back at then, and I've worked at companies since that had nowhere near that kind of level of compliance. But I would like to, if we just before we wrap up, just go for a few kind of tips. What actionable tips can people take to run their channels and more specifically to run their comments so they don't get these kind of dings? So any any tips for us, Carlos, on what we can do or how we can better police our comments? Well, I mean, obviously using the tools that YouTube gives you. Like they, right now, YouTube has had a held for review section in the comments and they've had in the settings to apply filters for certain words, right? There's community settings where you can put approved hidden users, blocked words, right? And now, you know, we just need to be much more vigilant when it comes to that. Those tools are right there. And obviously, you know, moderate your comments. There are certain channels that get, you know, obviously thousands of comments a day, well, I bet those comments are going to start to trickle down to a few hundred or whatever. And I mean, I use that as an example, but at the end of the day, those are super rare example channels to have, right? Most of us that manage any YouTube channels have very small YouTube channels that get, you know, 10, 20, if you're lucky, you get 20 comments a day, right? So it's easier to moderate than everybody makes it seem like it is. You know, I have a channel that I know gets throttled because the amount of videos that's on it, the amount of useful information is on it is super valuable, but it addresses an industry that is iffy depending on who you are. In Canada, it's legal to smoke cannabis. And I help a YouTube channel that has a lot of cannabis-rated content. But obviously, because of, of that type of content, it gets throttled every day. Like There's so many videos that you know just do re- should be doing really well that they just don't. So the comment section of that channel is horrible. Is it worth it for me to monitor that? No, not really, because they don't care about monetizing. They care about you know building an audience to their website. So it's a different model there. But 
again, just to finish up on answering your question, the tools are there. It's just that, you know, people are not using them the way they should be using them, or it just needs more work. It needs more effort to focus on that. Yes. As I say, I've had some experience of working with different kind of comment moderation solutions. So first of all, just do it yourself, go in, delete bad stuff. You know, that's the most obvious one. Obviously, if you're working at a huge scale, if you have a whole network of channels or, you know, you're getting millions of views a day and tens of thousands of comments a day, that's not going to work. So then you're going to look to an agency or a piece of software, software solution. I can't recommend any personally, but I'm sure a few Google searches or reaching out to your network, especially if you're industry side, shouldn't be a problem. You can queue everything for review so that nothing, not a single comment goes live without a human seeing it first. That was the policy on the last kids channel that I worked on. And it meant that someone had to sit there and do it. And it meant that comments sat in queues for a long time. But that channel didn't get a huge amount of comments. So that wasn't a huge undertaking. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't a driver of community being a kids channel anyway. If you were, say, a family vlogging channel that wasn't, you know, like an enterprise company, it wasn't a big corporation, then you're probably going to look at getting a team of like virtual assistants, bit of geographical arbitrage, maybe finding someone in the Philippines or Eastern Europe, South America that speak good English that can sit there and go through that queue in real time, you know, just have people on shifts pretty much all day, all night, and covering all time zones, just letting those comments go through. Or you just say, you know what? No more comments on my channel. Mm -hmm. The upside is not worth the risk of being demonetized. It all depends on your business model. If community is a huge part of your channel's success and it helps you you know, sell stuff, then you're going to make that investment in the, the professional comment moderator because the relatively small cost of that is going to help you to continue your, your wider business uh, ventures. So, you know, we can moan as much as we like. We can say, oh gosh, my comments are gone. What am I going to do? Or you can take action and get ahead of the competition, clean up your comments, delete your comments, whatever it's going to be. But sitting there and worrying and trying to change the situation not going to help so make a decision you know execute on it and make a decision on how your channel or channels uh, are going to run their comments uh, going forward the fundamental message that i get out of everything that's happening right now is youtube made it too easy to make money and now it's it's paying the price because a lot of bad actors came into the system and abused it and now those that don't put into work won't make money. Now you're going to have to put into work to really, you know, benefit from these platforms. It's no longer an easy thing. It's 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 been slowly shutting down over the last year, you know, with a few rules with the, you know, I remember last year when they is it 2017 or something when they, you know, enforced a thousand subscribers, 4000 hours. That's a big one, right? Like before people could start right away and that cut a lot of people out of that ecosystem and now there's going to be even more rules and it just makes it so that you need to, you know, invest in this space. It can't be just an afterthought and you have to be serious about it and you can't go for the low common denominator here. Yeah. I think the beauty of YouTube was always that it had such a low barrier to entry. Then I think it just got so big that that kind of became a a dark side instead. The low barrier to entry is still there if you just want to 
create content. The, the issue is low barrier to entry to make money and monetize. And that's what causes problems, right? And it just invites too many bad actors that just want, you know, a little bit of money or game the system, right? I manage channels like you manage channels, but like, you know, every day we see comments that are like, this is such a gamey comment. Like, you know, we know that this comment is worthless. It has nothing to do with the content. You know, somebody being paid out there to engage on YouTube so that their channel gets noticed. So those type of comments are going to hopefully disappear because of these type of rules. One of the things that I have to say is like, I wasn't worried until I watched Daryl Eves' video. <laughs> and I was like, man, he does not look happy. He's one of the, the gurus in this space. To see that he's worried is like, hmm, that's going to be an interesting ecosystem. And I feel like this is not something that's just going to be on YouTube. It's going to be all over the place. Everybody's going to have to shut down their whichever ways the you know user-generated content is being uploaded. Yeah, and I think one of the things that Daryl mentioned in that video and we will link to the video in the the show notes is that there's space for abuse of this system in the reverse Mm -hmm. so sabotage shall we say so if you were of the kind that you wanted to sink your competitors you could pay someone or you know whatever nefarious way you could do it and basically spam their comments with just absolute Mm -hmm. vileness yeah yeah, yeah. what's the word (laughs) what's the whatever you know just horrible you know posing as a bad actor and then all of a sudden ding demonetized you're making it harder for your your competitors to to do well on the platform and word of warning if you think that that kind of thing doesn't happen oh man if you think that people won't go to extreme length to take down their competition first-hand experience not on youtube uh one of my websites lost about 70 percent of its traffic overnight and i had no idea why reached out to some people that i knew that were a lot more knowledgeable about seo than me looked into my back-end google analytics and webmaster tools and just told me that basically my website had been carpet bombed with spammy links from across the internet from porn sites from hacked sites from gambling sites basically doing exactly that making google feel like i was trying to gain the system and basically getting me punished by the algorithm and that is what i fear people will be able to do and take advantage and get people dinged by the algorithm like nefariously so watch this space hopefully youtube will be smart enough to be able to spot kind of patterns of like spam comments a lot remains to be seen but i think overall we can say in conclusion this is a pretty dark week for the platform and uh we hope that anyone affected channels affected individuals affected can kind of come through the other side uh okay Yeah, I feel like this is a little bit of a different tone for us. It's not what we want to sort of like be on the podcast in terms of like, you know, reactionary to stuff that's happening in real time. But honestly, when it started, I thought, okay, this will blow over 
pretty quick, but if it's starting to feel like it won't. That's sort of why we want to talk about it today. And we're hoping that the community sort of like rolls up its sleeves and, and, and does what needs to be done so that the ecosystem thrives because, you know, we're all still bullish on it. We still love, uh, I love this ecosystem. I love seeing creators grow and I love, you know, there's nothing on TV these days that excites me more than watching a good YouTube video done by a creator. So I really do not want this scene to die. Yeah. And also, you know, we, we're not here to cover kind of YouTube gossip and news, but issues like this that affect the industry and professionals that are working on um, YouTube, then we will be here to cover those stories that affect you and do our best to give you tips and tools so you can navigate those issues as best as possible. So if you have some comment on anything that we've discussed today, please get in touch with us. Hello at videoinsiders.fm is the email or at video insiders on social. We'd love to hear your comment, your thoughts, who do you think is responsible? Have you been affected? What action are you going to take? And also, what other issues would you like us to cover in future videos? Thank you very much to our partner, TubeBuddy.com. TubeBuddy is the premier YouTube optimization tool that helps you get more subscribers, grow your channel, and optimize your videos. Thank you for helping us, for supporting us too, buddy. And remember, you can sign up and get an exclusive discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thanks for listening. Please, please, please share this with somebody that you think would appreciate this content. Nothing grows a podcast more than word of mouth. I've learned this over the last couple of months as experimenting on podcasts, doing podcasts for clients that, you know, yes, we, we, we always ask for reviews, but the, the best thing you can do to us is share this with somebody that you know would really enjoy this. Thanks, Carlos. And thank you, Video Insiders. We'll speak to you soon. Have a good one, Tom. Do, do. Boop, 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 boop.